Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. How you doing, baseball fans? And welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of Major League Baseball and the Gibby Show. I'm John Arezzi, and joining me, the two-time manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. He's a member of the 1986 world champion New York Mets, best-selling author, the man who always tells it like it is, and he's direct once again from his home in San Antonio, Texas, the baseball life for himself, John Gibbons. Gibby, how you doing? Johnny, doing good, man. Just like you, just following that uh, baseball stuff every week. And uh, I guess you could say, are we are we considered semi-retired? Is that what we do? We're not fully retired, obviously. We no, semi- we're not fully retired, but I think uh, we're both kind of semi-retired in our own ways. Okay, exactly. I know you're in doing a lot of gardening. In <laughs> you're enjoying a lot of Miller Lite. But uh, you had a, a pretty uh, a good week. It was your birthday uh this uh this past june 8th and uh, i'm not going to mention any numbers that's up to you to disclose if you'd like to uh but how how was the birthday this week down there nice nice family got together we went got some good mexican food a couple margaritas but hey get if you look at our skins yours looks a lot smoother than eyes in mine so Hey, I wasn't in the baseball dugout for all those years. I wasn't in the, you know, I wasn't in those high pressure situations uh, that you were in all those years in the dugout. But you're looking pretty good for your age, John. No, it's it's that that Irish kid, man. You put it out in the sun too long without sunscreen. That's what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you always little, you know, (laughs) me with the full Italian blood. I mean, uh, from Southern Italy. I mean, I guess the uh, (laughs) the pigmentation is a little bit, uh, you know. I don't know what you call it, more olive oil-like. Smooth. I have no idea. Smooth, well, I know like that wine. Yes. My sister up in New York, who her, her birthday was actually uh, June 11th, and uh, same age as you, John. Uh, you know, she's got this tan. She goes out in the sun for one day, and, and, and she gets a tan immediately. Immediately. Oh, yeah. It's, it's luck of the draw, brother, man. Exactly. And uh, you got Father's Day this uh, upcoming weekend as well. So that uh, how is that in, in the Gibby household, especially uh, this year where you got two new additions there? Uh, Wayne and <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll drop me a few presents in the yard that I can uh, <laughs> sure they will. scoop up. That's their... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I, well, I, my daughter might be around my two boys. They live out of state. Uh, but I always enjoy this day, you know. Uh, yeah, it's a good day for them to spoil, spoil us, right? And I can look back on with my with my dad going out and playing catch, and uh, my dad always barbecuing, and uh, yeah, it's uh, everybody loves these days. Absolutely. Well, today's show we uh, will cover a very newsworthy week for the Jays uh, on this week's Gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons. Joining us will be Jays reliever and someone who's made such a big impact for the team in 2023 being called up at the end of April. We're talking about Nate Pearson, who will join us here in just a few minutes. We'll have another roast and toast inspired by our friends at Miller Lite as well. But let's get right into it, John, with the leadoff. Well, the Jays' uh, seven-game homestand is over. Uh, They went four and three on the homestand, winning uh, three or four against the Houston Astros losing the first two against uh, Minnesota. Then really a huge come-from-behind victory this past Sunday, highlighted by the three-run homer by Kevin Biggio, which could have been the biggest hit this guy's ever had. 
uh, in his career. Uh, so that won the game. It was another save by Romano, and the W went to our gabbing with Gibby guest Nate Pearson. Uh, Gibby, can a game like this past Sundays be kind of a catalyst for perhaps a turning point in the season uh, for Toronto? You know, Johnny, it might. You know, you never really know. All I know about baseball is you play every day other than today's an off day. And, and it really it depends on your next opponent, you know, so whether they're playing good or play, not playing good or who's pitching against you and all that. It's because uh, you're not really going to overpower anybody physically type thing. Um, but they needed that. Put it that way. You know, they uh, they won three out of four from Houston. And uh, we're, we're feeling really, really good, you know. And then Minnesota, you know, who's basically a 500 team, but they're leading the Central Division. Figure that out, right? Uh, yeah. And then, you know what, Minnesota had a comeback win. Korea hit a big, big home run, um, you know, to, to put them up. That's big league baseball, right? There's some good players on both sides. But, you know, the, at home play, you know, there was a little controversy that happened through it all. And, in, 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 uh, you know, it was kind of a distraction. Um, uh, but we won't get into all that. But, it, uh, you know, there's still good players on the other team. And they're going to, they're uh, you know, they're going to make a comeback, mount a comeback every now and then. But I do think the fact that, you know, uh, Beige hit that home run yesterday. Kind of, kind of sweetened the week a little bit because you know if they had dropped that one, it would have been it would have been a uh, tough ending to the week. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Biggio for a second because a few weeks ago everyone was like, "Get rid of the guy, get rid of the guy, get rid of the guy." And you're kind of like the voice of reason, and you're like, you know, it's it's early in the season and there's a long season ahead, and and uh, so you always keep kind of a level head. And most of your predictions, if not all of them so far on this show, have been really correct in regard to kind of like voice of reason you are. You are the voice of reason. <laughs> I guess that depends on who you ask. But you know what, Johnny? One thing I found out over time is, uh, at least from if you're in the dugout as a coach, right? You got to stay even keel. You, know, you blow up at things all the time, but... But you also you also got have to put things in perspective and, and uh, understand that you know early on when everybody uh, Biggio wasn't playing much at all right no. he get in there and maybe maybe made a mistake or something or had had a couple of tough at bats and and uh, so everybody wanted him out and, you know he's basically the twenty fifth guy on the t- team right last guy or twenty six I don't know even know how many they have on the roster now but um, but now you see he's been playing a little bit more lately. And so you give him some at-bats, he's, he's like all big leaguers. If you give him some at-bats, you know, they get their timing down. You know, they're going to be productive. I mean, there's not a player in the big leagues that hasn't earned his right to get to the big leagues that's been productive in the minor leagues. So there's something in there, right? But if you're not playing there, it's that much tougher. But you can't play everybody. That's the thing. You got your regulars and you got your backups. So, um, you know, he, he's, he's – he's, he, real quick, he's – you know, he's done a lot of good things up there, especially in the role he's played for young kids. Stop playing that that uh, limited playing playing time role when you're a young kid. It really is. Yeah, it's uh, you got to, you know, the, these guys got to keep sharp. And if you're riding the bench and you only get in one game a week, you know, you have to be in there every day. And batting practice is just batting practice. It's not right. real life game situation. But a question I had for you was like uh, – everyone's always reactionary, the media, the fans. And, you know, as a manager for all those years, did that really piss you off when, you know, when all of a sudden everyone's kind of attacking 
uh, a move you made, reactionary, should have done this, or this player should be benched, or this guy should be traded. How did you handle that as a big league skipper? Well, Johnny, yeah, you can't get caught up in that. Uh, you know, we all have different opinions on what should be done. And when you're named the manager, that's your job to make those opinions. And then, of course, you know, you get the involvement of the front office as well. But, you know, it's funny. I'll sit back and watch games now, and I, I get opinionated like that now that I'm not in the hot seat, right? And that's just kind of that's kind of the beauty of the game, right? Everybody's got their own ideas, and you know, everybody may be right. I mean, we just look at things different. But there's only one guy that's paid to make those decisions, and that's John Schneider. And you got, and you know what? Your best moves sometimes backfire, and your worst moves you come out smelling like a rose sometimes. So that's just the way it works. But if you get caught up in that and get become too too emotional, you know. Next thing you know, you're a politician, and they put you in the in the in that arena. Yeah. But you guys, hey, level head, st- steadiness, man, will take you a long way. And confidence in those guys, and you got to back up those guys. Yeah, and it's a it's a long season, as you always point out here. And we were kind of talking before we started taping today about all right. So the Jays are right now. Uh, you know, they're still uh, pretty far behind Tampa Bay, which doesn't seem to lose any series. They're doing really well. They're 28 games over 500 at this point of the season. Uh, the Jays are right there, however, in the wild card chase. I mean, they're just half a game, as we tape this, out of a playoff spot. But one thing that you pointed out, which um, is really relevant, is like, here we are. We're in the second week of June. And when you go back historically, even over the last four or five seasons, And I'm going to go to the National League for a second because it was really more prominent there. The past four full-season pennant winners in the NL were all outside the playoff pitcher on June 12th. So what does that say, John? I mean, it's like it ain't over till it's over, as Yogi said. Yeah, that's right. You know know what happens is uh, sometimes it takes a while things to click, right? Or maybe a team struggle in a certain area. Now they now they find somebody that can fill that hole, that void, or whatever, and and, and just, things just click. I go back to I don't like to live in the past, but I got to live in the past. Right in 2015, we were basically a 500 team at the trade deadline, and Thopolis made these great, great deals, and it was like boom, right? So really, you know, Jerry Howard, my good friend and he's the longtime radio voice of the of the Blue Jays, used to tell me all the time. He goes, the difference makers in in the are really the front office, the general managers, right? Who makes the right moves? Who makes a move at all? Some some don't move, want to make a move or paralyze or whatever. And the the, the GMs that make the right move, can I, they can I really identify what's missing from a team or put it all together. You know, those guys, that's where you see teams take off, just like those teams you, you nailed right there. Uh, but you can go back in history a lot of times, and, and that's, that's kind of what happens. That's why you play 162 games. Now, in Tampa, let's say Tampa's case, like you just pointed out, I mean, they're on one of those incredible seasons. You know, even even they're even withstanding some of the injuries, but I think is probably surprising a lot of people. You know, but uh, that's not something that happens every year. So, but th- thank God for the wild cards, right? I mean, that's that's the beauty of it all. Now, finally, they made baseball like all the other sports where half the teams get in, right? And that's what kind of yeah. makes it exciting and, and fan bases don't fall out in June because their teams. 12 games out, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So it's a, but it's a, it's a long road, but this is where the GMs will start to earn their stripes 
here in the yeah. Next, I mean, it's uh, different though weeks. over the last few years with the trade deadline. I mean, the trade deadline traditionally over all the years for many many years was June fifteenth, and now it's the end of July. Um, do you think it would be better for baseball to kind of bring that trade deadline closer to uh, middle of June, beginning of July, rather than wait till the end of July for these moves to be made by the GMs? You know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I usually, uh, I'm old fashioned and everything, but you know what, there's, I, there's reasons they do those kind of things, you know, and, and, um, all I know is being an ex coach and manager, just, just take your team out there every day, try to win that day, try to pump your guys up and do what's do the right things. Yeah. And then hope for the best and hope you got an hope active GM that can, that, uh, can understand what's actually going on and make those deals. Got some and guts, the- you know, you gotta have some hope- guts. Yeah, hope for the right moves. Uh, so, yeah, we have a long season to go still. Uh, I do want to follow up on last week's uh, show. Uh, there was a move made just hours after our broadcast finished with uh, Buck Martinez. Uh, uh, the Blue Jays sent Alec Manoa down to the minor leagues. Uh, it's unclear when he'll be back. Uh, the right-hander was optioned to the rookie-level Florida Complex League. And you and Buck both said last week on the program that the Jays couldn't put him back out there the way he was going. And uh, you both agreed on that. And then it happens a couple hours later. But now that it has happened, Gibby, uh, that he's basically starting from the beginning again, do you think that it was the right move to send him all the way down to start from scratch rather than just assigning him to Buffalo and AAA? You know, it's hard to answer that because not knowing, you know, everything that's that's involved. But, uh, yeah, normally – the guy just they just bump you down a level, right? Go get him, kid. Figure it out, right? That's the way it used to be. But now now teams are so advanced more and they, you know, they 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 work on this a little bit more. They more you know, a lot of different things. Um and so, you know, it's and you know, their their top facilities, they got everything you want down there in, the, in a lot of times in those spring training sites, right? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I figured he'd just go down to AAA and figure it out. But there may be a couple of pitching coaches they want him to work with down there too, as well. Guys, that, you know, I, I saw Quattro's name, maybe Pat Hankin, and some and some of the minor league uh, actual coaches. So, but but who knows? But I think everything I've heard, everybody feels good that this this will help him out. Uh, maybe they just want him to go down there and get in shape a little bit. Who knows? You know, because you know he's he's a yes. big kid. Maybe first stamina a little bit more, but um, he's going to be back. You know, the team needs him. He's a tremendous kid and. Uh, He's accomplished too much in a short period of time for that to that have been to have been a fluke. Yeah, you know, it could but he'll be, be he'll a lot be of different things to work on. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll all be excited when Alec uh, returns to the Toronto Blue Jays. I want to remind everybody you're listening to the Gibby Show presented by Miller Light. And John, I you know I know you were out there gardening. You you posted a. Uh, a really cool video on your socials of you lounging around reading your book with a Miller light in your hand. So uh, it seems like Miller light is not too far from you when you're down there in Texas. <laughs> now the I was out there digging, digging in my uh, gardens out there. Uh, uh, my wife loves roses. We got enough of those rose bushes and I've been kind of falling behind. I think the medical community would have, would have probably said, you know, probably need something that replenishes your, your system a little more than that Miller light. But you know, <laughs> I've never been known to be the smartest guy in the world, but uh, I sure enjoyed it. And then I just kicked back and uh, sat by the pool and read, this, read that book, took a nice little nap. Yeah. Hey, we, we're just talking, we're semi-retired, so 
Yeah, okay. there's nothing like a cold beer on a hot day. I tell you that. A cold Miller Lite on a hot day outside, especially here in Nashville where the humidity is high and you go out and you're like, need a Miller Lite? And there they are. And then followed by a nice nap. <laughs> very, very true, especially in our semi-retirement years. That is very true. That's right. Uh, one last thing to bring up. Of course, the Jays are in the middle of a nine-game road trip uh, against Baltimore, which is a AL East rival, then head to Texas, who obviously atop of the uh, AL uh, uh, Central. Um, and then they head to face the surprising Miami Marlins, uh, who are doing well. Uh, Gibby, as uh, the team is in the middle of the, of this stretch, uh, what's a good way for them to finish it? I mean, what's the philosophy? Like, what do you win on the road? What are you happy with in a long road trip well, like I, this? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's not an easy trip. Like you said, you know, the uh, Baltimore, who swept them at home, you know, not too long ago and is, is, is ahead of them. Uh, and then go down to Texas and then finish off in, down in, in Miami that uh, – you kind of just hope to hold your own, right? And that you you try you win at home and, and hold your own on the road. Now, if, if you're really good on the road and you're really good at home, that's where you get like what Tampa's doing now, right? Um, but it'll be a test. But you know what? I mean, you're facing some good teams. You, you know, you you like look. You, you just spoke about Texas. Texas was just down in Tampa and they lost two out of three. So kind of you like to see those head-to-head first-place teams kind of match up. Just kind of see how it shakes up. So Texas finally got a a taste of that uh, house of horrors down there in uh, old St. Pete. I tell you what. Uh, and then Miami, you know, one thing Miami has is, is pitching and they're starting to get a little more offense this year. So you can, you can win a lot of games with that pitching. So it, it'll be, it'll be a good test for them, but you know what? The big leagues is that's, it's a 162 game test, you know, um, they just need to hold their own right now. Yep. And the schedule then begins to get easier for them uh, after this uh, nine game uh, road trip. Well, that'll wrap up the lead off, and now it's time for Gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons. Get your cold on with the new sparkling quenchers from Tim's. They're bubbly, refreshing, and naturally flavored in blackberry, yuzu, and orange ginger. Try your favorite at your nearest Tim's in Canada today. Today on Gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons, one of the true feel-good stories for the Jays this year, coming off a huge game this past Sunday where he pitched two more innings, not giving up a run, got the win. He was named the top prospect by MLB and Baseball America in both 2020 and 2021. Did not play in 2022 uh, due to injury, but fast forward here to 2023, He's experiencing a rebirth for the Blue Jays organization. Let's welcome Nate Pearson to the show. Nate, wonderful to meet you, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, we didn't wake you up, did we? No, no. I've been up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't sleep till noon, man? You know, you're not on those baseball hours yet? Oh, no. No, I am. I definitely could sleep, but off days, you got you to gotta enjoy them. <laughs> No, we got you. Well, listen, you know, the first time meeting you, we appreciate you coming on. And but you know, I'm still still pretty connected. A lot of the people up there, and, and some of my favorite people in the world, and and, uh, and I've all they've always talked about you. What a what not only what a what a great pitcher you got a chance to become, right? But what a wonderful human being. So so I, I salute you for that. But well, tell us a little bit about it, right? You, you used to be a starter, 
they put you in the bullpen. How, how's that going? Was it is what kind of adjustments did you have to make? Um, well, it was pretty smooth transition for me because I I was a reliever my freshman year in college. Um, so I kind of just went back to how I did things there and the routine of it. And um, you know, I think it went pretty smoothly. You know, it's just focus on uh, getting the the three guys out that you come into face, and then if you got another one, just keep attacking the zone. And uh, that's all, really all I tell myself: just keep attacking no matter what. Um, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Now, do you yeah, do you did you originally you wanted to be a starter? Is that kind of does it even matter or what? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I I wanted to be a starter. Came up as a starter, uh, debuted as a starter. Um, I think uh, injuries got in the way, and uh, now it's kind of we we signed a bunch of guys uh, to some big contracts, and right now we need someone in the pen. And um, I'm glad to be that guy, pro uh, provide some length out of the pen. Um, but, yeah, I think where the where the team's at, you know, right now I'm relieving and it's uh, – I feel like I'm right where I need to be, help the team out, help the team win. So it's it's been good. Well, you know, well, you know what, Nate, when, in the, when, when, I, when I follow the team, you're kind of – you may end up being the MVP down that bullpen. In, in the, in the, in <laughs> and I, and I, no, I know if you think about it, you're, you you throw multiple innings for this team, right? You know uh, that that's hard to find. You know, and I I can remember when I was managing there, we get it was a little different then. You always had a long man, or you had a you had multiple inning guys, and then you had your one inning guys. But I can remember I don't know how many times for some some of my some of our best relievers they say, "Hey, we can you give us a couple more outs?" No, nah, I can't do it. Blah blah. blah. It's okay, whatever. <laughs> they weren't geared for that. But a guy that can do that, what you're doing, multiple innings. It's invaluable to, to Schneider and the guys, right? Because because a lot of guys can't do that. They can try to do it, but they're not as effective. So I, you know, I got I got to believe since you've been up there, and when this is all said and done, you may be the MVP out there just because of that. Yeah, no, it's no, it's been pretty cool to be the the guy that come out and give give Schneider's two innings. You know, I think it helps me coming from being a starter and just being able to just roll over and just just keep uh keep grooving. Um, but yeah, it's no, it's it's been a little, it's been good. Well, but you know too, but you can maintain your stuff. That's where that's what gets a lot of guys, right? They can't they come yeah. in and just cr crank it up for one inning, and it's tough to maintain that because that's kind of the way the game is now, right? You, you kind of yeah. come in and air it out, and, and a lot of guys after three outs, man, they're they're like out of gas. That's, see, that's the difference. But like you said, it's got to be because you were a starter. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely because I'm used to that. Uh, that in-between inning, you know, sitting down and then being able to get back up, get hot again. But, yeah, that's true. A lot of guys, uh, they come out of that pen with all this adrenaline, and it's like they get those three outs, and then just, just the waiting part of it kind of not gets to them, but, like, kind of settles them down and then, like, getting back going again, trying to find that adrenaline that they came out with is uh, hard to recreate. It, it really is. Hey, you know hey, you know what, though? The only thing you're probably going to miss now for uh, being a starter once every five days, you know, you, you talk about it, you talk about it, uh, uh, easy life, man, especially when yeah. you're good, man, you pitch one, then you golf the next four, then you come back and pitch. Now it's tough when yeah. you're scuffling because you can't wait to get back out there. But, yeah, yeah. you know, it's pretty, hey, it's pretty good role. Nothing wrong with being a, a really good big league reliever. You know, they make a pretty good living too. And you know what, what you're doing now, you could step into a closer's role someday. You know, you, you know how all that works. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no, nothing better than, uh, 
um, being a big leagues as a starter, I watch all these guys, uh, all our starters now. It's like they, they sh- especially after a good one, they shove, and it looks like the next five days are the happiest guys ever. And it's, uh, it's pretty good. We we got a lot of good, a lot of good starters too. Gauze, Bassett, Barrios, like they're all, they're all great dudes too. So it's it's pretty cool watching watch them work. Hey, not only that, Nate, man, they make a ton of money. So much money. <laughs> once every, 30 starts a year. Oh, man, I, I ain't real good uh, at math, but I can figure it out. <laughs> Johnny, go they ahead. so rich. <laughs> All right, thank, thank you, John. Thank you, Gibby. Yeah, I mean, I've been reading so much about you, Nate, and your story and your journey and uh, just uh, everything that uh, was predicted about you uh, being signed, uh, spent the career with the Jays. And you've... Um, had injuries play a major part of your young career, but now it's all coming together finally for you. I mean, you've already pitched in 16 games uh, this year, and that almost equals what you've done uh, in combination of 2020 and 2021, where you appeared in 17 games. Uh, but with all the previous setbacks and now all the contributions, the just amazing performances you've put in this year, uh, describe how it feels right now today to be Nate Pearson in the major leagues. Uh, I mean, it feels good. I feel like I'm right where I need to be. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it hasn't been a smooth, uh, smooth road to this point. But uh, you know, I like where I'm at right now, and I like where the where the team's at. And um, I feel like there's there's a good momentum that we have going through uh, this season, and I'm I'm just happy to be a part of it. You know, it's uh, I've seen a lot from the the sidelines being being hurt and uh, wanting to be out there and just uh, not being able to. And so it's it's fun to just be. Here on the road with the guys, we got a big uh, uh, road stretch coming up, so it's uh, it's going to be a lot of great baseball coming up, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's going to be a great season. And you uh, you went to winter ball uh, last fall, and then you had a really great uh, spring with the team. Uh, I'm sure winter ball helped uh, as well, and and then the amazing uh, spring that you did have, and then you were uh, you didn't make the team in the beginning, which had to be a bit of a surprise for just about everybody. Uh, uh, what did they discuss with you when that move was made that you that were going to start you in AAA? I mean, what was that discussion? You know that that uh, in, in regard to your confidence and and what did they tell you about what the season was going to hold for you? Yeah, so I um, I didn't really know what exactly was going to happen coming into camp. Um, I had a feeling that that could be an outcome me going to AAA, but you know I was going to do everything in my can and uh, in my power to make it a hard decision for him and um had a good camp but uh you know they decided uh, to go with a different guy right out of camp and they just told me look you've had a great great spring training just keep the momentum and uh just force us to make a move and um so i was like okay that's that's what i'm gonna do and so went to triple a had a good uh good first month and you know they they did what they said they made a move and uh got me up there and right now we're just cruising so we're just gonna keep going you know, Nate. You you know your 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 career the way it started out is is the way most careers go, right? There's the ups and the downs. You know, the you get to the you go up to the big league. You know, very very few guys take the big league by storm from day one, right? And then all of a sudden, it's it's you know that's that that doesn't happen too often. Most guys have to go back down, then they come up, and they get they you know figure things out. I mean, even look at Gosman, right? You know, I, I was managing yeah. there when Gosman came up with Baltimore, great arm. But it was a battle for him because I'm going to tell you, you guys that throw that hard, it's tough to harness that thing, man. You know, I mean, it takes a little bit. Yeah. It takes a little time, you know. And uh, 
Uh, and then Baltimore, you know, for whatever reason, had, you know, had to move him on or it couldn't, couldn't wait any longer, whatever, whatever. I don't remember what it was. And then he finally figured it out. Guys have that good an arm, man. It's not that easy. And it takes most guys, big league career. It takes a little time to get, to get grounded. It really does. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's definitely a, a, a work in progress trying to harness the, the, the raw abilities that, some guys say, especially it's it's pretty cool to see Gosman's career, how it's unfolded. You know, now he's the one of the best pitchers in the league, you know, coming from, you know, his time at Baltimore, you know, he was average and all of a sudden he just hit a switch and then just, you know, put it together. And now he's, he's a beast. Yeah. Hey, t- hey tell me about your slide. I was talking to old Petey Walker, man. Petey says, t- ask him about his, his swing and miss slider he's got now. Is that something <laughs> that just – it's kind. Of, it's kind of developed, I guess. Right? Is that what he's? Yeah. You know, it's a. It's the same slider I've been throwing um, since I got into pro ball. You know, I kind of just. Uh, I really just like preset my my wrist, and um, I just throw it like a heater and just rip it. And um, I have my sights set on where I want to where I want to start it, and just just rip it. And it's really good against uh, lefties and uh, and righties. So it's it's a good pitch for me. Hey, Petey's pretty good, isn't he? Petey's the man. He he knows he knows what he's doing. He knows how to handle all of us. We got a bunch of different personalities down there in the bullpen and in, and in the rotation, and uh, he knows how to navigate it all. He's he's the man. <laughs> hey hey man, I was I was I was laughing. You know when the, in that series against the Yankees, and he's down that he's down at the other end of the dugout, screaming at the <laughs> third base coach. <laughs> Hey, Petey, get your ass over in the other end, man. You're worried about your pitching, will you? For <laughs> then he's looking at the oh, other man. dugout and they're jawing, man. <laughs> oh, he gets fired up. He, he's ready to go, man. He's ready to go whenever we need him. <laughs> it's, well, you know what? There's not a person that's got your back more than that guy, you know? No doubt. So, no, no, he's he's there for the boys. Uh, well, listen, hey, man, we want to we thank you for coming on the show. We, we really do. And, and uh, hey, remember, when this, this is like an ex-manager speaking. When, when you got a guy that can throw more than one inning, you know, that, and he's really good at it, it's it's easy to take advantage of that. See, make make sure make sure make sure it doesn't get they don't let him get carried away with all that now, right? <laughs> yeah, you're, no. you're gonna need, you're gonna need a little break now yourself. Anyway. Up to yeah, you. No you they, they know. They all know <laughs> but listen, hey, you, know, you guys have got a good tough road trip ahead. Stick with it. Keep keep playing good baseball. You know, uh, it's it's a it's a long season. You guys got everything you need in place, and uh, you just need that nice little. Nice little long stretch. So, but listen, we're proud of you. I know uh, everybody raves about you. And, you know, it's obvious that the Blue Jays, you know, it's, it's it's where it needs to be now for you. So, good luck to you. For sure. Yeah, I thank you for having me on. This was this was awesome. Love talking baseball with you guys. All right, thank pal. You, Appreciate good it. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Another great gabbing with Gibby. What a great young man. Nate is John. Yeah, you know, Johnny, I'd heard about that. I'd heard that from everybody you talked to, and, and uh, uh, you know, he's he's really right where he's supposed to be right now. He, breaking into the big leagues and having and finally finding your way, and maybe this may be the best thing they they could have done for him to make him a reliever. You know, he said in college at the beginning he was a reliever, and then uh, so, but very rarely do you find a guy that just you know what they just show up, they just take the big leagues by storm. And uh, we even talked about with you know Gosman, right? Sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. Now the Blue Jays are starting to reap reap that uh, reward for that, and you know, and a lot of it's confidence. But when you throw that hard, man, it takes a while to harness it. Sometimes figure figure all that out. 
But his stats are incredible. I mean, he's what a spark he's brought to the team when you have an ERA of two, uh, your whip is under one. And he's just been phenomenal in the role. And now, you know, he could go in middle relief and go in towards the end of a game to give you a couple of quality innings. And what a great story from this young man. Really good uh, guest today, John. So I uh, uh, really enjoyed uh, that gabbing with Gibby. With, with yeah, me. Johnny, he may be the MVP at the end of the year for that bullpen. He could. Uh, just He's only 26, too. Still a young man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, because all the different roles you feel he goes, like you just said, he goes in early. He could go in late, you know, if Romano, Jordy needed a day off or something. He could close it out, you know. He seems to certainly have that personality and mindset to uh, to close if they need him to close. But right now, let's go to uh, inspired by our friends at Miller Lite. We have the roast and toast for the week. And, John, uh, today we're going to roast Rawlings. Rawlings, of course, is the uh, maker of baseball equipment, uh, only, uh, mainly na- known for their gloves. Uh, but here's something that kind of got my goat this week, and they partnered with Gucci. Now, I'm a proud Italian. I know what Gucci yes. is. I- I've seen Gucci bags, and I know how high-end they are. But here you are, the high-end Italian designer and Rawlings form a partnership to make a glove, a fielding glove. Uh, Right now they've made one. It's one of a kind, and we have pictures to show everybody as well if you're watching this on the YouTube uh, channel. Uh, And they made it and gave it to the Mets friend Cisco Lindor, who's a fashion plate in his own regard with his uh, shoes and everything else. But for me, styling and profiling are fine. I know it's a different era. These are young guys who like to flash their equipment, their uniform, their hairstyle. They color their hair blue, red, whatever it may be. Uh, the home run jackets, all of that stuff. But I think we've gone too far <laughs> with a Gucci glove. Oh, that's, God. Not, that's the roast for me. What I'm predicting is going to happen is like Lador's going to be like admiring the glove and there's a ground ball that comes his way and he doesn't get down there to pick up the ball. He's looking at how this Gucci glove is making him look like really fashionable. So. <laughs> well, you know what the problem is? Guys in the big leagues get all their gloves free, right? So he'll get them yeah. free, whoever, if somebody else starts. The kids in the minor leagues are the people out there, you know, the, the kids out in the, in, the, in, the, in Canada and the United States, they got to buy theirs. So they, that might get a little costly coming from Gucci. Yeah, well, you know, you're supposed to, like the young kids. I mean, when, when I was a kid, I used to, like, all right, a Louisville Slugger bat or Adirondack. Uh, depends on whose name Eddie Crampool was associated with for me at the time. <laughs> How was a kid today, like, playing the Sandlots, playing Little League? Mommy and Daddy, I want one of those Gucci gloves, please. <laughs> They'll say, hey, son, stick with Wilson. <laughs> there you go. Stick with Wilson. Uh, but that's the roast on the toast. Uh, uh, we certainly have to toast this week. All the dads out there with Father's Day approaching. Uh, what do you think, Gibby? A Miller Lite toast to all the dads this week? Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I think can think back to the number of times my father took me out just in the yard to play catch or took me to Little League. He took me to my first Little League tryout. I wouldn't get out of the car. And, and luckily, he put he got me on a team somehow with somebody that there was a coach that he worked with, you know. And uh, it's good memories. And dad, fathers taking their kid, their families to the ball game, you know. And uh, it's really, uh, you know, 
Base, baseball hot dogs and uh, Miller Lite, I guess. It is. What we say? It is. <laughs> but you, uh, hey, yeah. but you know what? Go ahead. Yeah, Father's Day is so important. Uh, you know, for me, I, I mean, probably the fondest mer- memory I have of my dad, who uh, I lost in 2004, it was um, the 1969 season, New York Mets, they're in the World Series. And we didn't, you know, we working class family and all of that. And I was sleeping, you know, it was early morning, getting, you know, have to wake up and go to school. And, and uh, uh, my mom comes in, she goes, your dad wants to see you. And I was like, what did I do? You know? And I go into uh, his bedroom and he goes, you're not going to school today. I was like, what do you mean? I'm not going to school today. He goes, I got World Series tickets. Yeah. And it, was, it was game four was the Tom Seaver game where the Mets won in 10 against Baltimore. It was game four where Swoboda made that catch. And and I'll never forget that moment because it was I didn't even know how he scored these tickets. But uh, when I think of my dad, I mean, that's the first thing that pops into my head. So um, happy birthday in heaven, dad. Hey, um, hey, did he say, hey, son, grab your Gucci glove. You might get a foul ball. Yeah, right. He was like, I was lucky to I was lucky to get a program, you know. He gave me like five bucks for souvenirs and I get the program, the World Series program. I was so excited. And I saw one of those um uh those stamped uh facsimile autograph balls. I was like, Dad, can I get one of these baseballs? It's like only two dollars and fifty cents or whatever it was. He goes, Those aren't even real, you know. Your program is good. Let's get a popcorn and enjoy the game. And that's what we did. That's, that's what we did. Hey. That's beautiful. Yeah. So we salute all the, the old men out there. But hey, okay, we, one other thing we got to toast too, you know, is an honorable mention. Nick Taylor, Canadian ah. golfer, you know, he won the Canadian Open yesterday. Sunk a, let me read that, make sure I get this right. A 72 foot eagle putt on the wow. fourth playoff hole. Can you believe that? And he, he figured wow. he needed to make that because uh, the guy he was, he was playing uh, the playoff with was, you know, was in range for a, a, a birdie, you know. And but the, the the big thing it ended a sixty nine year drought for a Canadian golfer to win the Canadian Open. So that's that's a that's a great honorable 69 mention. Sixty nine years. Yes, it is great. Yeah, I lost my earpiece. And, uh, yes, that's, that's okay. The, that's the roast. I think the dog Chelsea, got it. Of course, inspired. Inspired. Oh no! Uh, inspired by our friends, our friends over at Miller Light. Well, John, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Gibby Show. Don't forget, for everybody out there, to order a copy of Gibby's book, the best-selling Gibby Tales of a Baseball Lifer. It is a perfect Father's Day gift, of course, written by Gibby and Greg Oliver. And uh, final note, for those wondering about the audio book, John, we did get a little bit of an update. Uh, they've pushed the audio book back until August the 8th for the release Um uh, what? Maybe a What's lot of editing on? or something. I don't know. I don't know, man, but I work too doggone hard on that, man. It's as simple as it sounds. Well, I guess they want to make it perfect. Yes. They want to make it perfect. So uh, well, the su- with the subject matter, you can't make it perfect. Yeah, I think people are going to love it when it comes out, but that's just a bit of an update on that. That's going to wrap it up for this week. For John Gibbons, I'm John Arezzi. We'll talk more baseball with you next week right here on the Gibby Show. Have a great week, everyone. Happy Father's Day to everybody, and go Blue Jays.